Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. And you know what that means? It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. Yeah, you do know it's Monday. Hey, and guess what? We have another incredible special guest host oh by the way my name is steve miller and our special guest host today is the very funny mr yosef looking. hi what's up yosef uh thank god thank god my voice is a little raspy i'm not sure why but you know okay Uh, well i'm sorry to hear that um I would like to say since so, so the past four or five five weeks, I, my co-host Roya has not been here. So people are probably wondering, where is Roya? Where is Roya? Well, she's been traveling all over the world. Uh, just to let our listeners know, she spent three weeks traveling all over the United States of China. And now she's actually in Spain. She's in Europe right now. In fact, I think she's in Barcelona. She was in Madrid and now Barcelona. So that's if anyone cared. <laughs> Maybe people don't even care, but I just wanted to share that uh, Roya will be back with us Bezrat Hashem next week. It's nice. Is she with her father, or is it, she took a break from taking care of him? Yeah, she took a break from taking care of him. Yeah, she's with her, a friend. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's welcome our listeners, Yosef. We have a big audience today. Uh, Of course, the United States of China, Israel, United Kingdom. Oh, and I love this. Madagascar. Now, do you know where Madagascar is? Someplace in the southern right side of Africa, I think. But I could be wrong. No, I I think you're kind of correct. All I know is that in the game of risk, uh, it's next to the country of Kumchaka. (laughs) And we always used to put our... Our, our soldiers all on Madagascar and try to invade through Africa, up through Europe and the Middle East. It was great. Anyway, hello, Madagascar and Mexico. Hey, hello, Mexico, Canada, South Africa, Switzerland, Germany. And of course, the United Kingdom is listening twice. There are two. England <laughs> is listening and then Britain. <laughs> and of course, the country of other, which is which is one of the greatest airports. If you ever fly into the country of other, they have a great airport. It's okay. true. It's true. I'm just so Madagascar kidding. is an island on the south southeastern coast of Africa. It's also a 2005 movie. That's right. Um, with Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, someone just put up a map. Thank you, our producer. Oh, look at that. Madagascar. It's like its own island. Wow. Interesting. Thank you, Miss Producer. I'm sure there's a sound effect going on. Anyway, how was your Shabbos? Thank God. The capital of Madagascar is Antananarivo. It's a very yes. hard name to pronounce. Yes. Shabbos was good, but I already forgot what happened on Shabbos. But it was good. Okay. Um, I would like to say I that was up- actually in sitting. You were what? <laughs> I wasn't outstanding. I was in sitting. Oh, okay. At the Shabbos table. Never mind. I get it. I'm it's sure it's- there's a laughing. Um, <laughs> anyway. So I uh, so you know right now for the uh, people for our listeners who are not Jewish, we are in the midst of the three weeks. The three weeks we are we're we're it's a mourning period. We're not supposed to do too many happy things. 
uh, we're starting to to mourn the destruction of the temple, um, as well as some other horrific things that happened to the Jewish people. But it's also an inspiring time as well to uh, do tshuva. Um, but nevertheless, I will say that in my place, what I've been doing, you know what I've been doing so far during the three weeks? No, nope, but you're about we- to tell me. That's right. We're only in the first week, babe. But uh, so I have been um, watching on Instagram. Do you ever watch on Instagram reels? Do you know reels? Mm-hmm. You know the reels on Instagram? Like yeah, funny but, things? Uh, listen, I, I go there. I go there every day and download funny stuff and send it to my friends. So, yeah, that's right. You've sent me some stuff, too. But I like go. You can scroll through. And depending on what kind of reels you like, it caters to your taste and humor or whatever is going on in your life. Like, in fact. You know, my phone knows I'm going through a divorce. So I get all these reels about inspirational stuff about being divorced and, um, you know, um, not taking any crap from your ex-wife. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I mean, it's kind of scary. But anyway, so I watch all these reels, funny reels. I laugh and I laugh. And the next thing I know, it's five hours have gone by. And then I sink into a horrible depression because I'm like, I can't believe that I've just spent five hours laying in bed watching reels on Instagram. So this that's is what a, I'm doing for the this is very, That's a very real phenomenon, what you're talking about, It because it's like you get little dopamine hits. Every time you get something, another thing that's funny or this or that, you, your brain releases another chemical, and it's just very soothing. I I do that also. I will, I'll, I'll get up. I'll start you know, scrolling through. I can spend at least half an hour, 45 minutes. You know, it's better in bed than on the toilet because there your legs fall asleep. <laughs> Oh, my God. Can you not reveal that about yourself? Some things are just too personal for the show. Keep it clean. We, we do. We have uh, we use Lysol. Oh, God. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing for the five weeks I, or three weeks. I go on uh, reels. I, I laugh my tuchus off, and then I get extremely depressed when I realize, oh, my God, it's been three hours and my day is wasted, and I get so sad about the uh, everything that's going on in my life. <laughs> you get depressed because you've lost your tuchus. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm doing for the three weeks. Anyway, so did you um do you have a, would you like to kick off a story or or no? Do you have anything? I know I asked you a couple weeks uh, days ago, so I, you should be prepared. Yes, I I've, I found a few things. I again, the the, the Latamatina. I mean, this isn't a news story, but it's just a really weird custom in Spain. There's a they start at 9 in, 9 a.m. in the morning. Should I talk about this? You talk about whatever you want. Okay, so it says it, it starts in the it's a, a town called Buñol in in Spain, and about nine o'clock in the morning they have a greased pole with a ham attached to the end of it in the air, and people struggle to pull down the ham. And then at eleven o'clock they start throwing tomatoes at each other. When if you want to go to the Tamantina, you have to like wear a raincoat or wear some kind of a something because you're going to get tomatoes squish all over you. Where so is this at? This is in Spain. Oh, um, maybe maybe Roya is doing that now. Maybe Roya is getting tomatoes thrown at her. Well, except <laughs> that it's going to be when it's like I think in October, not October, in the end of August. So I don't think she's going to stay there for the Tamantina. Oh, she could, but okay. The next one I think is on August thirtieth. So what is the point of this? They throw tomatoes at you. The point I, I don't know where it's how it started, but it just it, the, like the first year it started, they arrested people for doing it, and then they just kept doing it every year. Probably teenagers, you know, and whatever. So so finally they said, okay, fine, we'll make it into a public event, and now it's a, a tourist attraction. But it's a really messy tourist attraction. Wow. Okay, sounds interesting. 
It says it's now held in honor of the town's patron Saint Saint Louis Bertrand, whatever, some kind of Catholic name over here. Okay. Mother of this, mother of God. I've never understood mother of God, but okay. <laughs> um, listen. So speaking of, how much time do we have left? I don't even know. Uh, do we have a couple minutes to get? I, I got a good story. Speaking of like traveling, and since it's summertime and people are on vacation. I don't know how much time we have. But anyway, ah, perfect. Okay, three minutes left. Here's a story. I don't know if you heard about this. Maybe you have um, a uh, couple. It says a gym instructor filmed um, carving his name and his girlfriend's name into the Coliseum. It said Ivan and Haley into the Coliseum wall says he didn't know it was an it was an old building and a letter of apology to Rome. So, So apparently this guy. Uh, his name is Ivan Dimitrov, 27, was caught carving his and his girlfriend's name into the Coliseum. That's like someone going to the hotel and carving like, uh, you know, Yosef loves. Uh, what's your wife's name? Uh, Yael. Yael. Yosef loves Yael, like and not realizing how old it is and how holy it is. And it says he has now said he didn't know how old the monument was in a letter of apology. Apparently they they made him. They made him write uh, I, 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 an apology or something. It the says, punishment was was he had to carve his name a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, it says here he carved his initials into the two thousand year old Colosseum, um, and then he had to write a letter of an apology, claiming he didn't know it was an old monument. <laughs> and it says here he was caught red-handed as he scratched his name and that of his girlfriend Haley, thirty-three, into the wall at a famous tourist site. People were filming them. And it says, uh, I mean, I think it's, so I think funny. it's cute. It's romantic. Oh, you I think mean, it's romantic, I, you know, but I, I understand if, if he starts and everybody will start and there's no ending this. So, yeah, he said, I did not know it was an old building. Sorry. I mean, this guy's real. He's a gym instructor. So you can imagine how stupid he is. He's just like a muscle head. No, <laughs> and there's a picture of him smiling, carving his name into the Coliseum. <laughs> It's like that scene in Life of Brian. Where, where, you know what I'm talking about? No. What's that movie? Life of Brian is a, a parody of the life of Jesus. And it's a Monty Python movie. It's really, really funny. Oh. But the, so there's one guy who's in the Judean people's front. And, and, and as his rite of passage into getting into the organization, he has to go write anti-Roman slogans on the wall. And, and he's whatever. So there's a scene kind of like that where he says something about the, the uh, whatever you call it the head of Rome, and he writes it on the wall, and then he gets punished, and his punishment is he has to write it a hundred more times. (laughs) Well, this guy wrote the apology, and it says, uh, he wrote, aware of the seriousness of the committed act with these lines, uh, I wish to address my heartfelt and honest apologies to the Italians and to the whole world for the damage caused to an asset which, in fact, is the heritage of all humanity. That's what I, he had to write. I respect this guy for that. Look, he really did it. He didn't like paint it in huge, you know, 50 foot tall letters. He did it on one brick. It's not so bad. <laughs> if, if I was a judge, I'd, I'd give him a high five. <laughs> okay. But if he did that on the Kotel, would you do that? No, that's different. The Kotel has, has Kadusha. This is just a building. Okay. Very good. Well, when we come back, don't go away. We'll come back. We'll talk about other stuff. Stay with us.
Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. If you want your business to be successful, then you're going to want your sales team to be effective. Closing a deal takes more than just a good sales pitch. An Israeli company is working on a platform for remote video sales meetings. The company is called Beyond Pitch, and they say that their platform improves sales conversions by providing sales reps with a dynamic real-time playbook that provides real-time sales data and helps guide the sales process by helping sales People change course on the fly to better persuade and respond to customer concerns. Beyond Pitch uses artificial intelligence, providing suggested messages and relevant information, as well as help with documentation and contract signing. Could help your new company meet your sales goals. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With Ryan TR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. Israel <laughs> 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 News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller with Joseph Kaner today. Joseph, how are you? Hello, I'm still here. Beautiful. Um, we're going to kick it right off, homie. Ouch. <laughs> My bearded friend. Stop kicking me. Uh, you haven't caught your beard in any tools today. No power tools, <laughs> not, right? You're all right this week? Not Nothing. this weekend. No blenders either. Yeah, I'm fine. Blenders. Oh, my. You got it stuck in a blender? No. Oh, okay. The, the thought was kind of interesting. Just be careful when you're making your smoothies. Um, Here's a story that is, you know, well, like a, any story here on Lighten Up, it just proves the stupidity and the insanity and the dumbness of the world. And I'm just the guy to bring it to everybody <laughs> and lighten up. That's what we're all about, bringing stupidity to the world. Um, or no, sharing stupidity. We don't bring stupidity, but whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, here's the uh, headline. This is unbelievable. Tell me if you heard about this this week. Sweden receives a request to burn a Torah, and they might approve it. <laughs> I heard about this. So... This is an unbelievable story, and, and, and it's got really nothing to do with uh, the Jews and the Torah. So it says here, last week, apparently, or maybe two weeks ago, um, Stockholm uh, allowed the burning of a Koran in front of a mosque. And um, concerned uh, building in Israel and in the Jewish community in Sweden over requests to burn a holy scroll in front of the Israeli embassy. So apparently there was an, a, 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 an Iraqi 
refugee, anti-Muslim guy who burned a Koran in front of a mosque in protest of whatever he was protesting. And now, no- now he's in hiding, probably. Right. But it had nothing to do with Jews, nothing to do with the Torah. And now all of a sudden, in response to a Muslim burning a Koran, the Muslims want to burn a Torah. I mean, we've got nothing to do with this, and they still have to suck us in. <laughs> it's like well, ridiculous. It's, it's for equal treatment. Well, yeah. So it says apparently Sweden says we have uh, freedom of uh, information. No, not freedom information. What is it? It says I'm shocked and horrified by the prospect of burning more holy books in Sweden, whether it's the Koran or the Torah or any other holy book. It is clear that this is an act of hatred that must be stopped, said Israel's ambassador to Sweden, Ziv Nivo. Um, it says here, which is really ridiculous, it says... Uh, uh, apparently, the Swedish government gets many requests to burn Torahs. <laughs> who, who would have thought? There's a Department of Torah burning requests. <laughs> but, right. It says um, it says the uh, the media in Sweden reported there are several new requests to burn holy books were submitted to the police in Stockholm. One in Helsingborg, and in the other one uh, somewhere else. And one of the requests was to burn a Koran, and two of the requests are looking for permission to burn the Torah scroll in front of the Israeli embassy. Uh, and uh, the, the it says here... They're are there that, any others? Like, are, they, are there people who want to burn the Bhagavad Gita or, you know, some other Eastern... No, book? it's really just, it's just the, the Torah. <laughs> it says here, the Torah is justified. It says the request to burn the Torah is justified by the fact that it's symbolic step for freedom of expression and a response to the burning of the Quran in Sweden. So this is what they want to do. Their response to a Muslim burning a Quran is, let's burn a Torah. Let's burn the Torah. It has nothing to do. The Jews didn't do this. The Muslim did this to us. But we're going to get back at the Muslim for burning the Quran by burning a Torah. It's just stupid. It is. It's, it, it's just funny. But apparently, though, the Stockholm police says that it uh, it has to go. They have so many applications that are coming in to burn Torahs, um, that they have, they have to go through each application separately to determine whether it meets the required conditions. <laughs> what condition does the police have to say? Well, you can burn this Torah, but you can't burn that Torah. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's, I'm just shaking my head. There's nothing, you know, it's just in, insane. That's what they said. <laughs> it's got to meet certain conditions. What do you think the conditions are? <laughs> Is it a Sephardi Torah, an Ashkenazi Torah? I don't know. <laughs> that's right. Oh, God, that's so And they funny. want to burn an actual safer Torah, a scroll yeah, They want to burn parchment? a Torah because just, an Iraqi... an Iraqi like a Muslim... Feldheim copy of the Torah. No, no, no. An Iraqi Muslim refugee living in Sweden decided to burn a Koran in protest of his... of whatever. And so the Arabs got so angry at him they decided to burn a Torah. <laughs> anyway, it's just uh, the absurdity of it. Anyway, well, in the well, of Sweden, we have many, we have many applications to burn the Torah, but we have to go through the specifications, and it has to be. We have to make sure that the conditions are met before we allow anyone to burn the Torah. <laughs> oh, Sweden is where IKEA is from, right? Yeah, I'm going to burn yeah, so, down IKEA in in, in 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 response to them allowing Torahs being burned. 
so we I have I have a friend he's I think 18 maybe 17 18 he went with another couple of friends to IKEA in Israel apparently every I don't I've never been to an IKEA but they have a restaurant and they serve Swedish meatballs right I yeah. I think that's the case so so in Israel it's kosher Swedish meatballs so anybody can go there and eat and so he went with a couple of friends and they were out just to have a fun time they saw some bibs in the children's section of the restaurant so each one of them put on bibs so you have these three like 18 year old guys wearing bibs and then they were sitting at the table eating and people would come by and smile and chuckle and stuff like that but he said a, a few old ladies apparently this upset them and they called security and he, five like big burly security guys come out come towards him as they're finishing their meal and they just decided they're going to get out of there so that was that well but it's a beautiful picture of them with the bibs in protest of the, of the Swedish government allowing them to burn Taurus, I am I'm not going to I'm going to boycott IKEA and I'm going to boycott Swedish meatballs, kosher or non. <laughs> That's fair. That's anyway. fair. All right, we'll move on. Here's a crazy story. Um, we're going to do our anti-Semitism section of this show. <laughs> so we have our special music for anti-Semitic stories. Um, we can do the uncle Semitism next week. The what? Oh, right. Uncle Semitism. hi -o! Okay. You might have heard the story because you're a Chabadnik. So uh, someone in, on Friday, a friend of a New York City stabbing victim uh, says that we won't surrender. The stabbing was anti-Semitic. A Chabad guy who was walking the streets of New York like two, three in the morning on Friday night. This happened this past Shabbos. A friend of the Chabad Hasid who was stabbed by unknown assailants, un unknown assailants, in Brooklyn on Friday, speaks with Israel's news, Israeli national news about the incident. So apparently, um, it says here, New York City police are investigating an alleged hate crime. It's alleged. We, they are not sure. The Brooklyn police are not sure if the, the, the Chabad guy who got stabbed, it was a hate crime. Because the, the assailants asked him if he was Jewish. And when he said, uh, yes, I am Jewish. Then they started stabbing him, but they weren't they're not sure if it's if it's a hate crime still. <laughs> mm. It said here, uh, thank God he's OK. He survived. But here's the crazy part of the story. So it says here, according to his friends, the victim did not receive a medical attention. You know what he did after getting stabbed? He went home and went to sleep without attending to his wounds. <laughs> this guy has bitachon. This guy has trust in Hashem. He didn't even want to go to the hospital. He just got stabbed and said, you know what? I got to get up for Shachri tomorrow morning. I'm not going to put bandages on. He just bled in his room. And then the next morning on Shabbat, his friends saw his wounds. They called Hatzala and they took him to the hospital. But he refused. And so the police are investigating the incident as a hate crime. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I didn't know the details. Wow, that's that's scary. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it happened to a Chabad guy. What say you? And he was—he's Israeli, so he kind of maybe. Didn't yes, he know, was from Israel. He didn't maybe know the neighborhood. Like you don't go walking by yourself at two in the morning. Yeah, I know. Uh, so anyway, and they're just saying we're not going to leave. We're going to stand and fight. Whatever. You know what? Thirty years ago, they should have left that neighborhood, and your Rebbe told people to stay. And now look what's happening. People are getting assaulted every day. It's disgusting. Get although, out of the neighborhood. Although it happens in Israel also. Okay. But at least we're, we, they, they, that's where they should be. Go to Israel and get stabbed, not America. 
That's a, I can see the poster. <laughs> right, the, the, come, come make Aliyah. Hey, are you tired of getting stabbed in, in Gentile lands? Come to Israel. Get stabbed in the Holy Land. <laughs> oh, my God, that is great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you call cutting humor. <laughs> Hi-oh! Cutting humor. Oh, God. So, anyway, I just love the fact that he refused to go to the hospital, and he went to bed. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, was he? It, it could be that, like, he had a lot to drink. He didn't notice that he was bleeding. You know, I don't. Or, know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's wow. But it's, I'm glad think, he's okay. Yes, he's fine. He he lived. Um, but of course, they didn't catch the assailants. Uh, but I just love how they're they're not sure if it's a hate crime. But the assailants did say, "Are you Jewish?" <laughs> oh God, what a crazy world. Anyway, do you have anything real quick? Last minute, real quick. You said you. Yes, the Idaho Potato Commission. As said, well, this was actually a few months ago, but they put out a fragrance called Fritz, F-R-I-T-E-S. It is perfume or and uh, cologne that smells like potatoes. It's it wow. smells like smells like French fries. Wow, I would love to smell like a potato. I bet yeah. you the Irish love that too. There's Give a me big a demand of the potato. And it was really cheap. It was a dollar eighty nine a bottle. So, <laughs> are you serious? That's yeah, hysterical. It's a, it's a real thing. A dollar eighty nine. You could smell like French fries and potatoes. Hi, right. the luck of the Irish. Would you buy that? I would totally buy that. I would buy it. Yeah, just to yeah. just to show people. You know what? I'm gonna buy. If there's a coming perfume, I'm gonna buy some for my soon to be ex wife so she can smell like a potato because that's what she is a potato anyway you, you put it on and seagulls attack you that's right we'll be back after this messages you think you can get real news about israel from major news sources located far away from israel think again get it from the source israel news talk radio straight talk from it one minute of torah the first topic discussed in this week's double Torah portion of Matot Masse is the laws of personal vows. Although Torah considers one's word as binding, under some circumstances, one's vow can be annulled. If it has not been annulled, a person is obligated to fulfill his vow, and in the words of the Torah, he shall not violate his word. Hasidic thought shares an additional insight on that phrase. The Torah wants us to honor our word, not only in the sense of keeping our promise, but also in the sense of speaking honorable words. Speech is a gift given to us by God, and he doesn't want us to violate it. Keep it holy, keep it honorable, keep it clean, God is telling us. When you need to express something, even a negative feeling, find the most positive way and clean language with which to do it. Furthermore, let all your conversations be imbued with holy purpose, remembering that our mission is to be a light unto the nations and to fill the world with the awareness of God Almighty. We can do this by measuring our words, making sure each one is respectful, honorable, and purposeful. With your eye in of Torah, this is Chav Isaacovich. Be smart. Listen to Israel News Talk Radio in the background while you work and get the latest news and commentary from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to our third and final segment. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around. 
to Israel News Talk Radio. And I don't know if my uh, guest host is here. Yosef, are you with us? I'm pretty sure I'm here. Oh, all right, because you went and got tea during the commercial break. Do you have your tea? Well, actually, I'd have chicory instead because I would have had to heat up water. Okay. Well, normally you drink beer, so it's kind of exciting that now you're drinking tea. Yeah, my wife and I have have switched. We've we've taken refined carbs out of our diet, so we don't (laughs) need any bread or anything like that. Beer, unfortunately. Wait, on Shabbos, you're not making challah? That's the exception. We make we make a mozi. We we eat a little bit of challah, but that's that's our exception. Wow. So during the week, you're not eating any bread? No bread. No bread. And, uh, you know, there's a, a doctor named Jason Fung. Who has a very fung? Fung. He's from Oriental country. No, he's he's a he's a great guy, and he's got I forget what he calls it, but it's just a, you 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 eat for a, a, an eight hour window. You eat, and the rest of the time you don't eat. So you eat. Say start eating at ten in the morning, and you finish at six. Well, what do you eat? You're eating for eight hours straight, like a trough. No, exactly, exactly. It's very hard to eat for eight hours, but you know somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so you have an eight-hour window to eat whatever you want, no carbs, yeah. and then right. after six, you and your wife aren't eating. What if you? What if you get so hungry, or you and your wife are watching a movie that you're going to eventually fall asleep to? So then, instead of you eat, eating, you want pop- popcorn. Instead of eating popcorn, your body takes sugar, takes glucose from your liver which you didn't need there anyway. So you're fine. Okay. Well, fasting is very hard for me. I tell you, the 17th, 17th of Tammuz, when we fasted last week or whatever, it's very hard for me to fast. Yep. It's not yeah, easy. It's, it's not easy. Oh, our producer says, it's called intermittent fasting, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so are you losing weight? Is that the whole point? Because you're skinny anyway. I'm, I'm, you know, I have another 20 pounds of dad bod that I could get rid of. Dad bod? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to start it off with um, these. Uh, these are to a, a certain type of Israeli athletes that probably doesn't matter what they eat and they can get as fat as they want. This is this is the dumbest story ever. It says Israeli gamers compete in Saudi Arabia for the FIFA World Cup. So instead of playing soccer real soccer these guys play fifa the video game on like xbox and there apparently is a world competition for video gamers it's basically like a nerd tournament and israel has their representatives of nerds (laughs) and they're going to saudi arabia and they're making a big deal about this yosef because it says that of course you know well here it says israeli gamers compete in saudi arabia Saudi Arabia for FIFA World Cup, although reportedly the team will not openly display their Israeli identity in public. Their nationality will not be concealed during the tournament. What does that even mean? (laughs) Because, you know, it's not everybody there likes Jews yet. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) They're lining up to burn safer Torahs. (laughs) Wait a second. But here's the thing. So I found this on someone posted this story on Instagram and everybody was commenting. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Oh, yes. It's so amazing. They're heroic. Dude, they're nerds who play Xbox. And who cares that they're going to an Arab country? And these people don't even realize they're not allowed to tell anyone that they're Jews. Only during the tournament. What, What does that mean? That they're allowed to have the flag of Israel above their gaming console? I mean, this is. I think, I think it's just for protection. 
Right. It, you don't go to yeah. You don't go to Saudi Arabia and try to put tefillin on people. <laughs> so it says here uh, this year's uh, esports event was organized by the first time in Riyadh, um, and it says the team of three players. There's three players and a coach. Do you believe there's a coach for video games? Who's this guy's got to be the biggest dork of them all. How are you coaching from the sidelines when you're playing video games? No, press A, press A, not B and X, you moron. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've just... never never heard of a gamer gaming coach. Oh, I know, but you've heard of gaming tournaments, right? Yeah, yeah, but, but they, I think aren't aren't they mostly online? Well, no. Sometimes they'll go to like a big arena and they'll, you know, so it could it, it is online. People can watch it all over the world. But either way, the point is that Israel, of course, is joining this FIFA. They're going to play FIFA on Xbox, and there's a coach for their Xbox team. It's so stupid. <laughs> I, and, I I respect them. I mean, nerds. Nerds are very nice people. Don't make fun <laughs> of nerds. I'm not making fun of I'm making fun a that there's a coach and b that people are making a big deal that <laughs> these guys are going to Saudi Arabia yeah, to play true. video games. But yet they, they think it's so wonderful that Saudi Arabia is letting Jews come. But they're really not. They're saying, don't tell anyone you're Jewish. I yep. mean, and yet these morons on Instagram are just like, oh, it's so wonderful. Peace. Oh, yes. The Abraham Accords. Ah, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's all i got to say about that <laughs> what do you got joseph anything um yeah this is a very important news this is out of the uk there's a racing event um that i think it's when did it happen it was just this weekend or it's going to be in a few days it is the snail racing world championships in congham england wow um, it's a, that a sounds race. like an exciting event <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a race race for snails. It was found. It was started in 1960, when this guy saw a similar thing in France. So he decided he wanted to put make one in the UK. The snails cover a track of 13 inches. And, <laughs> and the is there winner, a big crowd? Is there a big crowd? I don't know how big. There, I'm sure there's a crowd, and the winner of the race gets lettuce. <laughs> you are kidding me! Stop. That's true. Wait, does the human get the lettuce or the winner of the snail? Get <laughs> I think he'll probably give it to the snail out of goodwill. Come on, come on. What do you put? Do they mention any of the snail's names? Come on, George, you can do it. You're getting a piece of lettuce that should motivate you. Oh my God. That is so funny. I, there should be like a huge event, a big stadium. They're traveling 13 inches with like music. Hey, do they have like a racing flag? Ready, get set, go. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, I just see a picture. It looks like a crowd of maybe 30 people or something. Oh, God. You know what? So here, let me ask you something now, Joseph. Here's your question, right? What would you rather go to? The gaming event to watch people watch play video games or the snail racing event? Which one? Def definitely the snail racing event because I'd be too nervous being in Saudi Arabia. Oh, God. Hey, I wonder if they're serving beer uh, at the snail racing event. <laughs> How long does it take to go 13 inches? That's probably like an all-day event. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. takes a while. And if your snail is not motivated and just, like, sits down in the middle of the thing, you know, you've lost that lettuce. <laughs> you've lost that lettuce. Oh, my God. I love it. That is a great story. Now, that's a lighten-up story. 
You've lost that lettuce. Wasn't that a song by the Everly Brothers? Yes. You've lost that lettuce feeling. <laughs> Your smell is too slow. You're a loser. But not as big as the three Israelis playing video games in Saudi Arabia. Oh, be, be nice to them. <laughs> oh, come on. It's lighting up. <laughs> Oy, anyway. Well, here is a, a wild and wacky story. Um, it says here, how would you like this? Now, now since I'm single now, I'm eventually going to get remarried. And I think for my next wedding, it says here, McDonald's launches a $200 wedding package uh, wedding venue. <laughs> I can get my I can get my my next wedding could be catered by McDonald's. What do you think of that? Would you do that? You would listen. you go to a wedding? Why not? If it'll save you money, you know how much weddings cost. It's crazy expensive. You could take the money that you would use for your for your you know crazy wedding of like I don't know fifty dollars a plate or whatever it is, buy your food at McDonald's, and of course it would have to be the kosher Israeli McDonald's, and then all that extra money you could use for like furniture and appliances. Well, here it says here. This is how the story starts off. It's hysterical. It says you may now kiss the McBride. Hi oh. <laughs> But how many people can you have at a $200 wedding? What? No, it's, it says here, fast food giant McDonald's announced last month that it is now offering a $200 wedding plan for those who wish to have the Golden Archers cater their big day. So it'll only cost you $200. Uh, and you get, this is what you get for $200, 100 chicken sandwiches and 100 packs of four-piece chicken McNuggets. <laughs> oh, my God, that is so funny. Uh, it says available... Uh, various other exciting packages options with a minimum order of 200 pieces. So you you have to order at least a minimum of 200 pieces. It can't be anything less. This is out of, um, it says here, according to the Indonesian Corporate Communications Supervisor. So apparently they're starting this off in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. It says, Rizki Hayade. I don't know. Uh, he goes, there are other options aside from the chicken sandwich and nuggets. <laughs> I wonder if you can have like 200 Big Macs. Um, <laughs> so anyways, the ice cream machines work in Indonesia. That's right. It says here the wedding package is not for holding a wedding at McDonald's. So we don't want to confuse our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get married in McDonald's, but right. it's only for food as catering. And the prices start from $235. I feel uh, bad for the delivery purchase. guy. It's a minimum purchase of 200 products. So that's very good. And there's a nice picture here with a chicken how, sandwich. How can they make money nuggets. doing that? What do you mean? They'll how make can they money? make money? What? $200? It cost them one penny. Maybe. It, it'll cost them one penny. to to, to, to. But Anyway, there's a picture here of a chicken McNugget, chicken sandwich with a nice bouquet of flowers. I think, you know who would, you know would, who would take advantage of this in America? Mm-hmm. Florida man. Florida man and his wife. All the white trash. <laughs> no offense to the white <laughs> Anyway, it says the basic happiness party package, which includes about $382, includes everything from, from invites, venue, audio equipment, and food for an extra $127. So you can get the happiness party. And I don't know what that means. I guess McDonald's will send invites. No, the, the, I think the happiness package includes some CBD, some uh, THC gummy bears. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so that's what's going on in McDonald's and in Indonesia. 
So hopefully this will be coming to Israel and America soon. <laughs> I would like that. You would? I, I would like that, yeah. Oh. Can you imagine? You'll, you'll be, after eating all that McDonald's food, you'll die of a heart attack before you get to your car. After <laughs> well, actually, I could, because we stopped doing, to, you know, I'd have to, like, take the bun off the hamburger. I'd have, I'd have to just eat the meat from it, you know, have to make some modifications. But uh, in theory, it's nice. Okay. Well, you know, you're very optimistic today. Every story, you're like, oh, be nice. Oh, I respect that. He wrote on the... The two thousand year old Colosseum. God bless him. What's what's wrong with you, Yosef? <laughs> I don't know. What's come, come over me? Yeah, seriously. Where's your old like? You know, come on. You're like being where, too. You're being too my, nice and kind. Where's where's my inner grumpy dude? Yeah. Um. Okay. Now, uh, do you have do you have another story you want to share real quickly before we finish up the show today? Because I got um, I got a good a good story that we can end on something. Something. Okay. Miraculous. All right. I'll I have a story here. It says okay. Kentucky man thought $200,000 lottery prize was a machine malfunction. He he went to a, some kind of a, a food mart. He bought a ticket and he then he came back to scan it afterwards and they told him he won $200,000 and he thought it was a mistake and he was about to leave and then they said no, we're serious. We're serious. So then he won. Not a big story, but I'm sure it's <laughs> it's good news. It's good news for him. I love the way you deliver that story. So he, he thought it was a mistake, and they said, "No, no, you won," and that's the end of the story. <laughs> okay, okay, your you story. Build better. up the story, make it suspenseful. Well, you're the radio professional. I'm just the ah, yeah. I'm the radio professional. I'm the radio idiot. All right. What do you think? I know what I'm doing. No. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please, my life's in shambles right now. Um, anyway, all right. Well, I found this story. Now, we, we've done a lot of stories. Well, not a lot of stories, but, you know, you've always heard about uh, certain books that were returned to the library and they were like 50 oh, years old, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. 30, 15 years old. Did, did you hear about this, what I'm about no. to? Okay. No. You're not going to believe this. In Massachusetts, um, <sighs> there was a book that was returned to the Massachusetts library 119 years late. <laughs> <laughs> It Let's says see. there was a book that was published. It says on February 14th, 1904, someone curious, curious about the emerging possibilities of uh, key of of uh, electricity. Someone bought a book about electricity because I guess it was new back then. <laughs> so they wanted to read about maybe putting a light bulb in their house. Anyway, it would take 119 years and the sharp eye of a librarian in West Virginia before the scientific text finally found its way back to the Massachusetts library. It was discovered. Uh, uh, the discovery occurred when Stuart Pline, he's the curator of rare books at West Virginia, uh, was sorting through a bunch of books, found the book, saw where it originated, came from, came from Massachusetts, called the library, sent it back. And now this 119 year old book is back where it belongs. And it was overdue. It says the book was first published in 1881, uh, two years after Maxwell's death. That's the author. He was writing about electricity in 1879. And uh, the library occasionally receives book as much as maybe 10 or 15 years overdue, but not 119 years. Overdue. I can see them calculating the fine. Let's see. That's 43,435 times seven cents. The fine is only a little over $3,000. You know what? 
you are kind of close. They did calculate the fine. Here it is. It goes, um, it goes, uh, hold on a second here. Let me just find it. It says here, uh, it was five cents a day. And at that rate of 119 years, they face a hefty fee of more than $2,100. Hi-oh. Yep. Well, see, I was calculating at seven cents a day. So he got a better rate. That's right. So anyway, Baruch Hashem, the book of electricity was returned after all these years. And the guy who, who originally took it out, they're searching for him because they want their fine back. They want their money and they're going to arrest them. <laughs> wow. But he wasn't right. the guy. He wasn't the guy who checked the book out. Like he's he's, he's what? He's 180 years old. This guy. That's right. He's still around. And he said, I'm not paying. I am not paying. Anyway, we have 30 seconds left. Yosef, first of all, thank you very much for once again covering my tuchas and being a wonderful guest host. What say you? What say me? I say I'm going to go hang out with my friends now because they just came over from Yerushalayim. And Ooh. yes. All right. Well, have fun with your friends. Thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy your week. Shabbat <laughs> shalom.